Hey, this is Gary. This is Mike. And Daniel. We're not professionals. We're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives. Hello and welcome to another episode of the 12th Step Podcast. My name is Gary. And this is Mike. And this is Daniel. And tonight we have a fantastic episode planned. We're very excited to have some special guests with us. Um, Joining us tonight are... Christy, Lisa, and Tanya. And we are so excited to have them. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking about open, honest, and complete. Now this is a topic that we've discussed before, um, but I think we're going to get a really, really interesting insight talking to our wives and, and hearing their perspectives and and beginning to understand just how powerful and necessary it is to develop that kind of communication. So, open, honest, and complete. What are our, what are our thoughts? Let's just jump right into it. <laughs> Let's not hold back. Not hold back. <laughs> Do you know what? Honestly, thinking back, it was the very first step to being able to heal and get to the point where I could trust Gary again. And do you know what? And I think it and I think that is actually literally true. I remember when um, uh, she came into the hospital and we had the therapist there and and, uh, I disclosed to her what was going on and told her to the very best of my ability, exactly what was going on. And yeah, that, that was, was as great a day as you can have. Yeah. No, it was, it was awful. Now, now, keep in mind, yeah, I'll set the scene a little bit, okay? I had, I, had, I had attempted suicide, and I had been in the hospital for a couple days by that time. And she had no idea. I mean, there was stuff that had happened, and she had little pieces of information You know, but there was no clear picture as to what was going on. And her whole world was upside down. And she comes in and I tell her what I've been dealing with and let her know that 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 had been the case for something like 16 years, I think, at that point. Um, And actually, it was a little longer than that, if you include the stuff in my childhood that led up to it. But... um, but I disclosed and, and then followed a very well-deserved and very articulate strings of very descriptive profanities. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, good for her. But, I'm so proud of her. This was, this, was, this was the piece that stood out to me. She looked at me and she said, well, everything makes sense. And I think that that was really the first step. Because once she had an idea of what she was dealing with, what we were dealing with, then it made it possible to start. And before then, it was completely impossible mm-hmm. to, to, do, to do anything. So, yeah, that was, well, that was you, a very, very... You can't build a future on lies. No. And, and that's what you were feeding me up until that, that time. And, um, and so just for anybody who doesn't know, I am Gary's wife. <laughs> I'm very lucky. <laughs> Beyond lucky. Um, but, you know, that was the very first moment that we actually had a chance at a healthy future. Now, 
obviously at that moment, that was the furthest thing from my mind. Sure. And, um, and I was so conflicted because I had told him, you ever mess around on me, we're done. You, you know, we're, I'm, I'm not going to deal with that. But at the same time, I wasn't, that wasn't my conviction at the time. I, I didn't know what to do. I was dealing with so many emotions and so many things. I mean, I had kids at home that were dealing with their own trauma from him, um, you know, trying to commit suicide and the events that happened at the home before that, um, earlier in the evening. And, and so I was trying to help them while my whole world had just imploded. Well, you were, yeah, you were trying to make sense of what was going on without having any information about what was going on and you can't you can't do that that's but i felt like i had to make an an immediate decision and as a parent you know my mom always told me you promise something you have to make sure you follow through well i had always told him you do this and so i felt like well you know not that i'm his parent but i have to follow through he has to know that i'm serious and and it was a good friend of mine i went and i talked to him and and he said, why are you on a time schedule? Why do you feel like you have to make that decision today? Because you don't even know what your world is going to look like next week or, you know, in a month or, or whatever. He's like, just take that off your plate right now because you don't have to make that decision. And that was so nice to remove one of those things that I felt like I had to do immediately to just say, okay, we'll deal with that later. And, you know, and I never did follow through because <laughs> we're still together. But, um, but for me, that was not. As long as I'm good. You know, yes. there's still, there's still some healthy yeah. boundaries. Yes. In place. Oh, there's, oh yeah, yeah. there's boundaries. there. Oh, there is. <laughs> but, but, you know, that was, that was what I thought is that, okay, I've got to hurry and make this decision so that we can all start healing when we, you know, I kind of had the order backwards. And so. I, I had so such nice. a different experience. Um, I had actually started therapy. Uh, I started uh, my therapy sessions in April of 2017. And my disclosure to Lisa was in 2000, was in October of that same year. So I'd gone a long period of time working through uh, the, the counseling and uh, regular counseling sessions and then of course group experience and things like that and was pretty well wrapped up with my group experience uh, and then and then finally had a break that, that I thought was a perfect time to actually talk to her about and so this concept of open honest and complete was very much on my mind I knew full well that this was going to surprise her. This was going to shock her. She knew nothing of what I'd been doing. In fact, nothing of even my attempt at recovery. And, uh, but I, it was critical. It was critical and it had been driven, you know, the point had been driven home substantially about what, what that disclosure was going to look like. And so when I sat down with her that night to sort of lay it out, um, open, honest, and complete, I mean, those are, those are three words that stuck very clearly in my mind about what I needed to do she needed to be in a position to be able to make a decision. And so uh, unlike 
many others who disclose where it's sort of the staggered disclosure, give you a little bit here, only cop to what it is that I got caught for, those kinds of things. Uh, that was not my search and circumstance. <clears throat> right. And our counselor was wise enough to say, give it a year. You know, I was glad that I didn't feel pressured to make a decision while I was still in such shock and trauma. Well, you're, you're not in a position to make any decisions with any permanent consequences. Right. You're just... Well, you think you are at, yeah. the, at, at the time because your life just got yeah. thrown upside yeah. down. So mm. you really do think at the time, based on your pain, your feeling, your trauma, that you kind of just want to run away. You want it to end. You want it to stop or whatever. Um, but that's that's the hurtful part of it. The open, honest, and, and complete peace is vital in my book. Um, especially when the disclosure to me was not a willing disclosure, sorry. <clears throat> it was um, being caught, it was um, staggered only when there was certain information that he wanted to um, share. It was not open and it was not honest at all. So there, it was almost like a repeat of the trauma like each time something new came out it was mm -hmm. just like can you just be honest from the very start mm -hmm. that way we can start to move on for some reason there was that false sense in his mind that if he just kept things secret you know yeah that so so me as the wife I please just I don't care if you what it is just lay it all out tell me what what it is and we'll try to move on I'll try to heal da 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 da, da. but even now almost five years into this um there's that little piece of that old behavior that comes out where even if it doesn't have anything to do with the addiction at all there's just that almost that quick uh, reaction that he will want to just lie about some something or not uh, share the full truth sure. or whatever mm -hmm. the case is and so, and then that makes me kind of reel back to, well, what else are you lying about? What else? Right. Why, why can't you just be honest about the 10 bucks you spent today? I don't <laughs> give a rat's ass what it was for, but just be honest because it doesn't, because then it sets me up to think, okay, what else are you? Right, right. And man, and then I have to apply things that I've learned then. Too. Sure. But that open and, and honest and complete is huge. And if we could just get that to be understood do you know i think so much i think you said something really really significant you know just be honest so that we can start moving forward and i don't think you can move forward until you're honest right no right you can't i had a uh, and I, I know i've shared this story uh, we were we were downstairs watching tv um, and a child came into the house and screamed out loud you know mom dad where you at and i and I just, off the top of my head, said, <clears throat> we're grocery shopping. It just rolled off my tongue very comfortably, and, and Lisa turned to me and said, I'm very uncomfortable with how comfortable you are about lying. And that was really the first moment, I think, that I'd really identified the fact of, of what the magnitude of my, what I would call little white lies, just simple little mm -hmm. things that just rolled off of my tongue so comfortably, and the effect that that was having on her. Um, and it was such a simple thing. It was just a way of 
sort of taunting and teasing my kids that we're not here mm -hmm. or something along those lines. But, but what it said was, and I think you hit on it very much so, uh, Tanya, and that is, is this, just be honest. Just yeah. be completely honest in everything that we say, impeccable with our words, really, one of the agreements. Yeah, and absolutely. I was going to mention that. That the thought and idea of, of being so completely honest with everything I say was completely new to me. You know and, what? And that was that was very hard for you. I know. Yeah. Oh yeah, I bet. <clears throat> tell me, tell me what you think of this. Maybe we can get Daniel to chime in too. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's kind of strange, but for so many years of my life, I was so afraid of the truth. I was afraid that if somebody really knew me, really understood who I was, that I would be thrown out. I would be cast out. I, that I would be. Right that my worst fear of being unlovable would be realized you know and now having strived very diligently to be honest and open and complete it it's funny to me how i don't want to leave that place because it's so safe y you know what i mean mm -hmm. to you know, once you can get there and if you can and you really, really strive to stay there, it is a safe place to be. It's so nice not to have to worry about the things you say or that you do or, or you know, trying to keep track of everything. It's just, I don't know, it's just safe. No, I'll drop it. Okay, <laughs> thank you. There you go. Uh, anyways, no, for me, it was a huge struggle to get to that place because... Um, my abuse in my family growing up, it was constantly, you can't tell, you know, because, uh, you know, if you go to church, you can't tell anyone about that. You know, I, I started, you know, my school saw there's something going on, so they had me going to see a psychologist, and I would come home, and I'd just get yelled at and screamed at. We didn't, you know, grilled, did you say anything? You know, because I had to hide the abuse that was going on, so that just became a natural pattern for me. You know, and when I became an adult, it just seemed second nature. I had to hide anything that was not right. So I've had to break those things, and just going from there, uh, it was hard. But it definitely is freeing to be on the other, coming on the other side of that. <coughs> trust and be open with those things compared to uh, having to hide those things. I mean, yeah, I've been on that side where I spent ten bucks and I just made up a, a fib about it, which was just stupid. Mm -hmm. Especially when the truth is would serve you it's, so much better. So, oh yeah, totally. yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, on the flip side of that, how you were saying that to feel lovable, mm -hmm. um, when our spouses are honest with us, we feel loved. We feel lovable. Mm. That proves that we are worth their feeling uncomfortable to express how much they love us, love, love the relationship, want to work on it. Mm -hmm that they are willing to do whatever it took or takes to be that open, honest, and complete. And it's going to be difficult. Well, it's difficult for us, too, on this side to start to want to create this trust. So as long as you're willing to do that and be committed on your side, I will do my best to be committed on my side to whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. But if you're willing to be on your side to be open and honest and complete... I can do my part too. And and you know what? Nothing in the world feels better than being known mm -hmm. and being accepted. Yeah. And right. loved. Yeah, I love that's you know, mm -hmm. even if it's ugly. Sure. Yeah. You know, even sure. if I don't like what you say, 
I would rather know the truth than pretend that there's that it's not there. Well, right, because you can't. There's no relationship to be built if I have to wonder. And if you're not telling me what you're struggling with, then I'm wondering. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, they say that the bitterest truth is better than the sweetest lie. Yeah. Right. You know, and even even if what you're telling somebody is ugly or hurtful or causes pain at least it demonstrates that you can be trusted right right and that's that's huge in fact i remember i remember very early in my recovery i remember one instance in particular i was struggling i was struggling and it was very early and and i think we were actually out doing papers and i was telling her i said i don't know what's going on but i'm really having a hard time and i was explaining it to her and she would listen and she'd say yeah 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 and her reaction was so foreign to what I was expecting because I thought she was going to blow up or be mad. But I think I repeated myself three times because I didn't think she understood what I was saying. <laughs> you, know, I, you, must, you must not understand me because your reaction is so foreign to what I expected. And I had a really hard time processing that. And it was such a gift. She made it safe to be honest. You know, she still does. That is a gift. I'm gonna I'm gonna pipe in with the, one of the words that I think is really critical, <clears throat> and, and maybe it's I think it's critical because of my own circumstance. But uh, I understand what open is, and I understand what honest translates to. But complete is an interesting word for me. And as I contemplate the conversation that each of us had with our spouse regarding our issues, our struggles, our problems. I knew that in my circumstance I needed to be complete. If I left anything out at the point in time that I was willing to take a minute and and, uh, and bring her into my world, that, and, and don't get me wrong, we processed from that point forward for quite some time for her to understand the depth, the breadth, and the magnitude of what I'd gone through, but, but it was really critical to me to be complete, to be completely open and honest to be complete in terms of my disclosure to her because the thing that was in jeopardy at that point in time was whether whether she would stay or whether she would go, at least in my mind. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't see it as though, uh, I didn't see it as though I'm gonna share this with you and then tomorrow I'm gonna share that with you and maybe next week I'll share this little bit with you as well. It was, I've got, I need to get this out. I need to get this out for my own benefit. And I'd finally reached that point where I realized that the pain of holding it in was actually stronger than the pain of letting it go. And I was finally at that place where I said, I've got, to, I've got to get this all out. And so completeness was a big part of my experience. And I'm assuming that it probably was yours sure. as well. I mean, you were at the point in time when you're sitting in the hospital thinking to yourself, this is it. This is, you know, if I'm going to tell her anything, I'm going to tell her all of it. Yeah, I have to. I also think complete implies um, that it continues. Yes. You know. It's ongoing. Uh, it's an ongoing thing. You know, today has to be included. Mm-hmm. You know, how did you do today? The, now, that brought to mind, um, we were going on a road trip, and we were headed north. And we had talked for days and hours, and I mean, it had been a couple of months since this had happened, and and um, 
<laughs> and we had talked to the therapist the night before. And so we, we, you know, he's like, process along the way, you know, recreate that memory and, and clear anything up. Well, we had thought that Gary had been complete. I don't want to say open and honest. I want to say complete because whenever there was a question or a situation that I would ask him about, um, he would tell me. And But as we were going further north, all these memories were hitting him. Right. And by the time we got 30 minutes down, I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't think I can go on this road trip. Yeah. But, but, at the, but he... There were so many things, and he had been an addict for so long that it was almost like peeling an onion. Mm-hmm. Because once those most recent things had happened, or you know, had been divulged, they were kind of peeled away, and then it was kind of the next layer, and so on. And you know, but honestly, that was probably more healing once we mm-hmm. got done. Even though at first I thought, oh my gosh, I'm drained and we've got 12 more hours and it only been 30 minutes. Um, But he, it, so I guess the message I want to make sure that comes across is, you know, if something comes up and don't automatically assume that they were withholding it from you, because depending on the situation and the amount of time that they've been an addict i mean i can't remember what i ate last week let alone how many diet cokes i had you know and so and you know so to have somebody remember 20 years of addiction it's just not going to happen and so you will have episodes of um disclosures where they, it wasn't that they were intentionally withholding it right. from you. It was just something triggered that memory or um, brought that. Yeah. I remember to, to, to give a little context to her story, um, I had gone to school several times and I had acted out on these trips. And, and uh, I was completing school and so we had to take the same trip and we were talking to our therapist and we were talking about some of the things that we were going to do you know, to, to make it a healthy trip. And we were talking about going a different way. And he said, Oh no, don't, don't do that. Go the, go the way that you normally do and, and process along the way, anything that you might need to. And, and he, and he warned us, he says, Oh, you know, there'll be some new stuff that comes up and, and just be kind of prepared for that. And so, and yeah, she was right. We, we started on the trip and, and we were just kind of processing along the way. And a lot of things that I had really forgotten about started to come up and, and and we were doing it with the goal of making new memories. Yes. You know, so that I no longer associated, you know, that trip or those locations with those things. I could start associating them with something new or healthy. But yeah, that was, and it was nice, you know, because you say don't automatically assume. But I think up to that point, the effort had demonstrated that it was safe for you not to automatically assume, which in turn made it safe for me to open up about the things that I that did come to my mind because I knew she wasn't going to automatically uh, think that I was lying. 
Well, and that, that you, was really, yeah. Yeah, you, you had displayed to her your willingness to be honest. Yeah. And open. Mm-hmm. Hence, then she felt right willing to not jump to those conclusions of he's lying to me he's manipulating me and such so so it is vital to have that honesty piece right from the get-go i want to ask a question sure partly because i think i dealt with this just this last week with with an individual that i'm mentoring in one of the groups but one of the the questions that came up was would my spouse want to hear from me when i have thoughts uh, that happen in a normal course of business, a normal course of the day. As I'm moving around, I go to the, I may go to the mall, and I may see someone who's attractive, and think for a minute, "Wow, she's a very attractive woman," or, or whatever thought it is that, in his case, he felt uncomfortable with in terms of as he's trying to work through his, his, uh, his sage one experience. Uh, in that environment, from a wife's perspective, would you prefer to hear? a spouse, a husband come home who's had those kind of thoughts during the day and have him say to you, I went to the mall and this is what I experienced today. Or where is that point in time that you're interested in hearing that kind of information? I can speak from... (laughs) So one of the things that um, our therapist had us do was kind of, and and I'm going to get the term wrong, but kind of the hierarchy of reporting and um, we had decided Gary and I that I wanted to be his first line of reporting so whenever he had um, any urges or any um, um, thoughts of relapsing mm-hmm. he was to call me and he, we would talk about it and 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 I knew that that would be because we both work during the day and who knows when you're going to get that call yeah yeah and so i mean and but then he had other people that if i wasn't available then he would call um you know he'd just go down the line but um at first it was difficult but and frequent and oh my word yes (laughs) very frequent and you know sometimes i would get impatient because i was like oh again You, you know but he also because he was going to therapy he was able to figure out certain patterns that would give him adrenaline dumps or i mean there were times that he would call and he goes i am seriously white knuckling you you know just shaking yeah he was shaking and and he's like i'm white knuckling just to get to work because he had such an urge or drive or whatever you Mm want to say and it was he just needed to talk to me until he got to work and then but but there were times too that he's like you know what now that i've voiced it to you and we've talked about it i don't have that temptation anymore and and i'm not going to say that that's easy for a spouse to be that first line but it gave me a new understanding to his addiction wow I think it also began to create, you know, Lisa, what you were saying, you know, that the, the, the bitterest truth is better than the sweetest lie. And I think it was things like that that began to establish a pattern of, oh, because I did that so consistently that Christy began to think, if he has a problem, he will call me. So if he's not calling me, he's probably okay. 
you know. Interesting. Right. Well, on the other side of that, I was yeah. There's there's a beautiful part to that, and I wish I could say I was that strong, or <laughs> I don't know. But there was times where things would be um, told to me or discussed with me that I almost had to instantly gear up in my brain, gear up in my heart, and I had to tell him, okay, I, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling comfortable right now, but I will do my best. I will, you're doing your best. I'm going to do my best or whatever. And so there was times where after he would talk to me about whatever was going, going on, I would have to excuse myself and I'd go mm -hmm. cry for a mm -hmm. bit. Or there was one, one or two times that I went and I, and I threw, threw up because it was just stuff that was so hard. But like I said, I had to commit to certain things. If he was willing to commit, I had to be willing to commit. And so I'm not gonna say it's easy, easy, but for us as the spouses, it is super hard to hear that stuff. For oh, sure. Absolutely. It is so hard. And, and, and the only reason that we had that conversation, that was a conversation that we had beforehand that that's how we chose to handle it and that Correct. might not be the best way to handle it for every yeah, that's not for situation right. but that is a conversation you need to have right. yeah. and i was willing yeah. he mm -hmm. was willing and we did talk about that and so but there was things i'm not going to sugarcoat it and say it's super easy because no. you know it's not it's really hard but i had to make sure i applied things where it wasn't where i knew it wasn't my fault mm -hmm. right well, and one of the other things, because we still to this day say open and honest. Our kids know what it means. Um, they use it. They use it. I He will come home with his... Um, oh, I, don't I, say I, I hate, No, go ahead I and won't. say it. I, I call it... No, I won't. She, I, said, she calls it my pissy pant face. <laughs> It's a great well, that's it's really might be embarrassing. I don't like it. So that's your face every day, right? <laughs> it's my, what is, what is it called? The RBF. RBF, yeah, that's yeah. my RBF. Oh. And, and, you know, and it's one of those things that's so obvious, and you're like, are you okay? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm great. Had the best day of my are life. And I'm like, bull crap. <laughs> Try but, that again. Yeah. It's like, start over. And, then, and, you know, but we made that commitment that if I say open and honest, not only does he need to be open and honest, but I need to be prepared. Sure. Because I'm telling him that it's a safe place to tell me. Um, and not that it's been roses. It's, it, you know, because it hasn't. And there have been times when, you know, like with you, you know, you, you cry or you just throw up or whatever. That's you taking on that information but there were times that I would start to cry and he would get mad at me. See, that's why it was like, no, uh, no. but you, you know what? Cannot. We had that conversation uh, too. And I was like, you cannot take you this away from me. Yep. You know, yeah. this is, you know, that's not fair. And then once I would approach him and, and granted, you know, we used our therapist as well. Cause he would even call Gary on the carpet. Like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, no. Um, but you know, it got to the point where he didn't, you know, when things like that happened, you know, it but, got to the point where he would not react. He would let me process. Mm -hmm. He would let me cry. He would, you know, or whatever I needed to do to adjust and absorb what he just told me. Mm -hmm. And then we could process it. And, yeah. and, and that and, doesn't mean and we did. Yes. Yeah. And that was also a conversation that we had, you know. If, if you get any kind of feeling or you want to, you, you ask me 
And if I do anything, you, you call me on it. And then if I get salty or upset or weird, you call me on that, you know. And no, that was a conversation we had. And there were a couple of times where she had to call me. But then I would say, you're right, I, you know. And, and kudos that he'd and, get and you know to what? that point. The, the, reverse, the reverse was also true because a lot of times she would have stuff yes. going on and she would be distant and, and I would say, and I would say, oh, no, you got to be open and honest. And sometimes that open and honesty was, I'm having a really hard time and I can't you right now. <laughs> you know? And I, and I say, fair enough. Fair enough. Right. But at least I understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. And if she, then I could give her what she needed, which sometimes was not me. <laughs> you know? and, and totally, totally fine. But I understood that. And, and when, when you know the truth, when you know what's going on, then... You can work. You sure. can make something happen. You sure. can you can do the work. You can start the healing. I know we're out of time. Daniel's over here freaking out. <laughs> He's chomping at the bit. I know. <laughs> That's okay. We're gonna keep going for. I was minutes. just gonna say. I, think I just know it. I don't keep it on track. I hear from Shane. Yeah. Oh. We oh. have to be on for half hour because he complained that one time we went over. Well, oh. he can just live with it. I was going to say really quick. I think every couple processes those kinds of things differently. Yes. Yes. And I've really noticed Mike and I kind of have have a pattern of. We don't do well with difficult conversations. Mm -hmm. We just don't. And so something comes out, we try to be honest, it makes me cry or it makes him mad or whatever. And we just kind of have to put the information out there and then sit on it for a day. Uh huh. And then we can always come back and process it again. But it seems like right in the heat of mm -hmm. getting it out. That's not the time. We not cannot time. finish it right then. And I, and I think it's okay you know? to say... But I still think it's better. I think yeah. people sometimes get so afraid of the honesty because they don't want the difficult conversation. I agree. Right. 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 I was going to say some of the things that are that are hard for me. She'll actually hit me up a time or two and say, "You're off. Something's wrong," and it's true. I am off, but I don't know why. Yeah. And so that that putting me on the spot to say, you know, clearly something's up. What's going on? Uh, and then the questions come: Have you acted out? Have you done this? Have you done mm -hmm. that? And all of those, just which is which is completely legitimate, but it's difficult for me. It's difficult for me to process at that time to understand why I feel the way I feel. Mm -hmm. I know emotionally that I'm off, but it takes a little bit of time of sort of being with myself to say, "That's why." Uh -huh. And sometimes I have to call her a little later on and say, "Guess what? I think I figured it out. I've had a bad day because of X at work, or I've had a conversation with a client that was rough, or whatever the case may be." I have a. I have a son who seems to have some kind of a superpower, you know, like, like he can tell, he could absolutely tell when I was off way before I could. And he would call me on it all the time. And he all was given time. permission from the therapist. And well, and me and you, it's like, no, you, <laughs> we had the same conversation. If you see, if something's off, you, you call me out and let's, let's, and there were a lot of times you say, what's wrong with you? And I'd say, oh, nothing. He says, want to try that again <laughs> and exactly. I'm all, I'm all, and, and you know what it, it took a while but eventually i began to trust that and i said i i don't know maybe something is wrong let's <laughs> think about let's, it. let's yeah. have a conversation what yeah. did i do today what am i you know and, yeah. and that was an invitation to have a conversation and something else that i think that we need to bring up before we close is that um the types of conversations that christy and i have now look different than in the beginning sure you know right. it, it as, as you get better 
at communication and as that trust starts to get restored, you know, it, it becomes easier. What's, what's the right word? It, safer. It's safer. Safer. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's a yeah. great word. Safe, safer is what I would use. Yeah. Better. Just simply yeah. better. Yeah. And we're, we're better at it. Yes. You know, we're better at talking to each other. Well, I'm better at it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Well, maybe, maybe there is something. <laughs> I better think about that. I do believe. I really do believe that uh, when we consider that addiction really is this disease of escape, that it's amazing to me of how much this idea of being open, honest, and complete really drives the need to a, for an addict anyway to want to escape that because these are hard conversations they we're are. talking about. And, and to be, be completely yeah. open on some of the some of the things that we're talking about to say, you know, I walked through the mall today. And I saw all this, and it affected me that way, and I thought this today, and I thought that. And then to unload all of that on my, my dear wife, who's been sitting home with the kids all day and, uh, and has worked her tail off to try and make everything go so well at home, mm-hmm. only to find out that I'm at the mall looking at, you know, whatever. And, and that is, that's a tough conversation in my mind to have. You know what it is, and if I may su- suggest... Um, either prefacing or following that up with validating her mm. and making sure she understands that you're not there. You're not there at the right. mall and you know what I mean? You you love her. You care for her. Your commitment is to her. Still validate that even right. though you have these ugly things that come in every now and then. But if you're willing to be honest and share that, and then making sure she still feels loved and safe. That is a beautiful thing to give her. And I agree with that. I'll tell you where I failed miserably, is that I would find myself getting all wound up and excited about what I saw. I was getting, you know, undoubtedly turned on, come home, and touch her in any way, shape, or form. And it was such a repulsive feeling for her after having not spent any time to connect in any way, shape, or form that only exacerbated the problems in a lot of ways in my own situation. Mm -hmm. So if you find anybody out there who's doing that sort of thing, that's what seems to happen is, Mm -hmm. is that we we use so much, we use so much stimuli out there in the world that gets us all wound up and thinking to ourselves, wow, I'm I'm really feeling amorous. I need to go home and connect with my wife or I'll call her at two o'clock and say, hey, and then I'll get home and, and you know, literally just touch her, which is at that point in time is a repulsive thing because I haven't even mm-hmm. said hello. It's now, yeah. now I'm just this object mm-hmm. because I've had this day. Mm. And, uh, and that, that was, that was a problem. I, I, countless times that was a problem in my circumstance. And that's and so not reality. That isn't reality. No. That's not reality. That isn't reality. So that was a, that was a learning point for me. Yeah. All right. I guess we better wrap it up. What? What? <laughs> all right well let's let's close on this thought something that i learned is if you want to build trust there's only one thing to build it with and that's honesty all right so if you want to be trusted you have to trust and be trustworthy the rest is up to somebody else we'll go ahead and it's a great thought we'll end on that so be impeccable with your words be trustworthy This is uh, Gary saying, do the next right thing. This is Mike saying, do the work necessary to find the peace that recovery can bring. And this is Daniel saying, find the humility in your recovery. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We would love to hear from you. 
If you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, or have any suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at 12thsteppodcast at gmail.com. That is 12thsteppodcast at gmail.com. As a fellowship of recovering addicts, Sex Addicts Anonymous offers a message of hope to anyone who suffers from sex addiction. Check out saa-recovery.org.